0: The media was wrong the polls were wrong the pundits were wrong but if you listen to ruthless on tuesday you knew exactly what's going to happen on election day ladies and gentlemen welcome to ruthless u.s supreme court justice ruth bader ginsburg has died judge
1: amy coney
0: barrett if joe biden wins Democrats can sack the courts.
1: You're a dog-faced pony show. Maybe that's a question you should ask China. Anyway, my time's up. I'm not thinking, about.: that. That's President okay. President. I know I'm you're
0: thinking. not thinking. You never do. It's a whole hoax. And you know who's playing into the hoax? People like you and the fake news media.
1: We are born free and we will stay free.
0: All right. Here we are, two days from Election Day. Uh, and Wow. A lot of folks, not Ruthless listeners, but a lot of other folks were surprised. You know, who well, would have guessed?
1: They are surprised, and, and they are surprised for a couple of primary reasons. Part of the reason is why we started Ruthless in the first place, because you get your information from a bunch of idiots who <laughs> have an agenda <laughs> that they couldn't read a, a poll if it was laying on their face. And, you know, they, they have absolutely no idea how, these, how politics works. So here at Ruthless, we decided, you know, what we'll do. We'll, we'll try to break down this information. We'll bring in actual experts.
0: Yeah, who'd have thought?
1: Who, who who'd know thought? how this stuff works, and we'll get, provide that for our listeners. And lo and behold, Smug, lo and behold, we got the answers.
0: It's crazy. You know, I mean, you know, thanks again to Parker and Kevin for coming on. We got the top officials from the NRCC and the NRSC, and they absolutely nailed it. They let our listeners know what was going to happen on Election Day, and lo and behold, they were right. It's, it's not a, you know, a bunch of biased journalists on CNN who spent years s- smearing the Republican Party, smearing the president, and pushing their agenda. So, of course, they got everything wrong. They all drank the Kool-Aid over there, and the polls, yet again,
1: were wrong. It's just incredible. So there's a couple things that I want to pull out here for our first segment that both Parker and Kevin covered that you literally would not have heard anywhere else yeah. other than, than Ruthless Parker talked very specifically about their recruiting this year and that she felt really, really good about the candidates that they had on the field, and particularly the women that they recruited and their ability to win some districts that they previously had not had much success against Colin Peterson, for example. And uh, let me read to you the free beacon um, from this morning. More than 20 Republican women are headed to the House, including six who flipped seats to the GOP on election night. Representative Elise Stefanik, a New York Republican who spearheaded the post-2018 push to recruit women candidates, called tonight's victory a smashing success, a sign that Democrats do not have a monopoly over women's votes. Well... You wouldn't have heard that in the New York Times or the Washington Post, but, but look what we've got here. The House Republicans who were predicted by everybody from Charlie Cook to the New York Times to the Washington Post and everyone else, they were predicted to lose between seven and 25 seats. Hmm. Turns out they are picking up seats. And why are <laughs> they picking up seats? Well, Parker told the ruthless audience because we recruited some really strong women to do it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we had a great, great crop of candidates, but you wouldn't have known it if you were listening to CNN or the rest of the fake news out there who are like, blue wave is coming. This is going to be an unprecedented blue wave. And, you know, thank God before Ruthless, the poll showed a blue wave, but then Ruthless came out and we saved the Republican Party. So I feel good about that. How are you, Josh?
1: I mean, I feel great about it because honestly, so our whole goal on, on Tuesday was to try to get you as informed as possible and then provide you some hype to get out there. Yep. And I'll, I'll be honest, ruthless worked. <laughs> yes, groupless it did. Worked. We had record downloads. Yeah. We had huge social media traffic, people telling us that they were going out and voting, dragging friends with them, just like, yep. just like we'd all talked about on Tuesday. And then you had accurate information. So you sat down in front of your television set at eight o'clock after the polls closed. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Kevin told me that, yep. right? Kevin, Kevin told me that Susan Collins who had been predicted to be a goner 3 yep. years ago was going to win and there that, she but
0: that pulls of her down 7 and she ended up being up 9 i mean <laughs> what the hell was going on there
1: just like, complete clownery you got to leave it to the professionals which is why we had Kevin on here you know he talked about how Tom we we kiss and cow right yeah, we've talked yep. for 3 episodes we've talked about kissing and cow and how every <laughs> every media organization in the country was ignoring Kissing Cal and pretending like Kissing Cal was going to get to the finish line here. And Tom Tillis didn't have a chance. Well, guess what? Kissing Cal and his harem of mistresses aren't coming to the (laughs) Russell Senate office building next year. He didn't make it folks.
0: I'm going to give you a shout out for your other call. Um, Remember when Biden said that he was going to stop fossil fuels and uh, you had Kendra Horn out in Oklahoma, Democrat, you know, in the house of reps, who tried to distance yourself. And you're like, that's a rented seat. We can officially say goodbye, Kendra Horn. (laughs) It it (laughs) nailed that call.
1: It's just obvious, right? I mean, you look at some polling, for those of us who've done this for a couple of years, you look at what's happening and you don't take into into account where the energy is at the end of this campaign. We talked about how President Trump closed super strong, right? He talked about the economy. He talked about like you just mentioned with fracking with with Kendra Horn where you had basically every democrat trying to play defense on an energy policy for mm-hmm. the last 10 days and he looked good whereas Biden was basically hiding hiding in his basement and i think that had a profound effect in some of these races where republicans were right on the cusp right yeah. the, the, they were basically they could go either way win or lose tom tillis is a perfect example of that tom tillis is coming back as a result of that really strong close
0: totally and you know, there there needs to be a lot of credit given to the folks at the NRSC, SLF, the candidates, the campaigns themselves. This was an incredibly strong campaign that Republicans were running coast to coast. And, you know, we are still seeing Republicans eke out a couple wins. And yeah.
1: let's do it let's give a quick like a status report. Now obviously everything changes by the minute because they're ongoing counting through the day and night, but Look, we're still hopeful that President Trump can get uh, a path to victory here. And I'll explain what that would look like. He needs to hold on to the lead in Pennsylvania that he has. There's a whole bunch of litigation there, all of which is very complicated to get on in the podcast. But suffice to say, the Trump campaign hopes that every legal vote that's, that's cast will be counted. And they're confident that when it is, they'll, they'll carry Pennsylvania. Their second point is Arizona. Now, they're, they were really upset. With Fox News for calling Arizona super early in the night. And I can kind of understand why. In in part, Arizona is super slow at counting election day cast ballots. And what we saw nationwide is that the president had a 60 40 advantage in every state with day of cast ballots. There are 500,000 or more day of cast ballots still unopened in Arizona. So the Trump campaign, I think quite logically, says, let's have a look and see what these things look like before you call any other races. Because there's only been 2 million, 2.5 million votes cast. 500,000 is a pretty big chunk. If he wins 56% of those, he's going to take Arizona. And that's your electoral college, match. That gets him to 270. So that's what the process is that's playing out. You know, I, there, There's a whole bunch of talk about you know, litigation, all the, the various malfeasance. Look, I think at the end of the day, what our listeners need to focus on is the counting of the ballots, like tune out the effing noise yep, and just look at what the results of the comeback. You might not love some of them. You might love some of them. We're still hopeful for president Trump, but we know that all is not lost. We know Republicans who had a super good day in the house yep. and Senate state legislatures across the board. And so regardless of the ultimate outcome, we had a pretty good day on Tuesday.
0: Republicans did not lose a single state legislature. Uh, they made gains in the House. Uh, also, I want to take this time to thank the minions and everyone who gave to that like, last-minute emergency fund we put together of, of races that were pretty close. We got Elise, who was in that fund, elected. We got Joni Ernst in that fund, elected. We got uh, David Valadao out in California, who is currently leading. Uh, they are 71% of uh, the votes have been totaled, and he's up 51.4%. So you know, everyone out there, you made a huge difference. It was a great election showing for Republicans, and um, you know, and, and the results speak for themselves.
1: They they speak mm-hmm. for themselves. And Here, here's what I'm going to leave folks with on the on the Senate side, because for starters, cocaine Mitch rides again. Let's right? go. He, cocaine Mitch rides again. Everybody said that he was dead and buried. His opponent had 100 million dollars. Uh, that she raised and he put, he hung 20 on her. He hung, he beat her by 21 (laughs) (laughs) points. I mean, that is, you can spend a hundred plus million dollars in a Commonwealth of Kentucky and get 37%. (laughs) Yeah. What a, what a master. He just buried her. And and Lindsey Graham did the same thing to Jamie Harrison, who raised a hundred plus million dollars. He hung double digits on Jamie Harrison. So that was great. We had we mentioned the the Collins and Tillis victories. Here's where things stand. As of right now, there is at least one runoff, as we told you there would be mm-hmm. in Georgia with Kelly Leffler, right? Kelly Leffler needs our help. Yeah. She needs all of us to work for her to get over the finish line. This is the difference between socialism, the green new deal, AOC's vision for America and a stable economy, which we'll get to in a second. The other race is, is Purdue. And he's right at the cusp of a runoff, right? He's at 50% currently right now. There is the chance he does have a lead over that sniveling dork, (laughs) John Ossoff, who I can't believe people actually vote for that guy.
0: Yet again, I will remind the world that the Minions trolled that guy into getting married to his girlfriend.
1: (laughs) Bullied into a lifetime commitment by the Minions. What the hell do you think he's going to do in the Senate, right? Yeah. Talk about a mind of his own. Uh, Anyway, that that one might slip underneath 50, which would mean we have two runoffs, which is literally for control of the Senate chamber. Totally. So so we're going to do a lot on Georgia over the next two months. That election ultimately is on January 5, 2021. Taking it into overtime, but that is really important to keep your eyes focused on.
0: Yeah, you saw all the Republican wins. It was good to see the party circling the wagons. You got Doug Collins to say he's back in Kelly one hundred percent because everyone knows, you know, we do not want Kamala Harris to be that tiebreaker vote. We do not want to have uh, the Democrats passing their Looney Tunes legislation. So we got to hold the line on that one.
1: Absolutely, and you know, and the and the reason part of the reason it's so important is what we saw yesterday. Because the the Senate Republicans appeared likely to take the majority. what we saw was a market explosion, total market explosion. Like you said, Cocaine Mitch rides again, and the markets could
0: not be happier. This was the strongest post-election day rally in the markets in 120 years. Uh, that's how nervous everyone was about this blue wave that the media had been pushing. You know, everyone was expecting, well, God, they're going to pass the Green New Deal, they're going to kill the economy, they're going to pass tax hikes. Uh, but Republicans held the line in the Senate. You saw uh, the Dow Jones, S and P, and Nasdaq put up record post-election gains yesterday. Um, so Wall Street is betting Republicans will retain majority control of the Senate, limiting Biden's ability, if he ends up on top, to raise corporate taxes, roll back Republicans' 2017 tax overhaul, and enact stricter regulations on industries. So. That is good news. If we end up with a worst-case scenario of a, a Biden presidency, at least we have a check on him from Cocaine Mitch.
1: Totally. I saw an interesting piece by Ramesh this morning.
0: Uh, yeah, that was a good one. I actually, you know, one of the few things I read. I actually read that.
1: Yeah. No. It was. It was pretty good. And and what he wrote basically was um, that that McConnell, if Biden were to be elected, is basically a chaperone. <laughs>
0: hilarious. I mean, can you imagine, like, if we end up with that nightmare of a Biden presidency, I mean, Mitch McConnell will be his nightmare.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, guarding everything that you and I uh, and all of the minions are, care most about, you know, I mean, they told us what they were trying to do is core packing and everything else. And they're on the cusp of being able to do it. We got to hold them off in Georgia, but it looks really positive. It really does. And the economy, the economy, look, the markets don't lie to you. No. Right, the markets tell you exactly what it is that they're fearful of, that they're excited about. Mark, I will say, having worked with a lot, awful lot, and you know, this in the finance committee com- a community, they're very smart at what they do, not so smart at political analysis. It's always great, right? It's
0: always <laughs> great to see that election after election. You got some of these smartest folks when it comes to crunching numbers, and then I I'm, it's cuz of that media bias man it just it's their job at like CNN, MSNBC, WaPo, New York Times to push their agenda. And even you know and even at Bloomberg, which is what's really heartbreaking because that used to be just like, you know, nuts and bolts facts. Even Bloomberg has turned into a total, you know, left-wing apparatus.
1: Just a complete waste. So I I mean I think if you're in the finance community yourself, do you and your friends a favor, put an arm around them, tell them uh you're happy about their good fortune and slide over a copy of Ruthless. Yeah. And, I was getting, and make sure that they're listening because frankly, I think it's going to help their portfolio.
0: I was getting a lot of tweets from folks uh, from many and saying that they're getting some uh, good wins on predicted from listening to the Tuesday episode. So hey, literally pays off to be a listener.
1: It literally pays to be a listener.
0: Uh, you know, speaking of uh, paying off and in it for a good payday, uh, Josh, how about you discuss the Lincoln Project? <laughs> how, they, how they ended up faring.
1: I love on when you day. just kind of walk over, put a tee down, and set a ball on the top of <laughs> it. These clowns, these absolute crooked clowns. And I, I, let me at the outset disclose that I've worked with every single one of them over the last 20 years most of them have had at least one shot in the sun to try to accomplish something on behalf of the Republican Party and promptly tripped and split their pants, right? Whether it was uh, the McCain campaign, the Romney campaign, they have lost everything for the Republican yep. Party. Yep. And, and, and they're looking around, they're out of money, they're out of work, they're out of options. And so like, what what do you do? as everyone knows, the most popular thing you can do as a Republican is to criticize Republicans. You get a ton of media attention, right? So these guys are like, all right, I got an idea. Let's just go hard anti-Trump. So they go hard anti-Trump. They raise a decent amount of money, but that's not enough because it turns out the left doesn't like them either.
0: (laughs) And I love this. Uh, You you saw it. We knew it was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen. They were useful idiots and, you know, once election day came, they're going to get dumped out of the boat by the, all the Dems. Uh, you saw, I saw this great tweet from uh, Glenn Greenwald where he was like, LOL, the, the Lincoln Project people admitting that the whole premise of their grift was a scam. And <laughs> you all along, of course, you know, uh, these aren't people in their camp. These are people who are a for-profit grift enterprise. And they were floating on piles of resistance money you know, no matter the outcome, they raised something like $60 million. And, and what did they do they do? They even they started going into Senate races. And well,
1: you see, that clearly didn't work out for them, did it? Well, that's what I was going to point out is that the left actually was like, you know, we kind of don't like these guys. And so so part of their pitch was, no, 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 we're, we're resistance, but we're Republican resistance. And so and we know how to talk to Republicans. I remember Steve Schmidt on 60 Minutes, he was it was something like, uh, we're going to use the iconography of the Republicans. Like, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Iconography. I don't even know what the hell that is. I, I I don't know. Maybe, is he talking about flag images and things like that? I don't know. I think what
0: they were going to try to do is just, uh, pull the wool over morning Joe (laughs) and his, uh, listeners and, 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 you know, dance around for donations and spend 60 million to come up on zero wins that they were, uh, involved in any of these races. And, it was just a clear grift from the get-go. These folks were like facing bankruptcy and tax liens and, and all this nonsense. And right, they're like, hey, why don't we just grift
1: these broken brain libs? So these fat asses are sitting around <laughs> and they can't get into the presidential because nobody wants them to play. But like Democrats are pretty good at this kind of stuff. And so they turn to them and say, I got an idea. Why don't you go into Senate races? I know it stands against everything you've ever worked for in your entire life, but um, how about that? You can get a couple of ducats that way. They're like, yeah, no problem. Well, where do you want us to go? So they show up in Maine. They show up in Kentucky. They show up in North Carolina, all places that Republicans won. And, and, and they're try, what their they're claim to fame here is that like we're going to turn Republicans against Republicans by their iconography. I, kind of <laughs> and, I, I mean, this? So, so, so in all of their success, at the end of the day, they paid, them, they paid themselves $60 million uh, to do the work. And ultimately, Republicans ended up with a 4% gain amongst Republicans than they had in 2016. So, congratulations, fellas. Congratulations.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's, we'll close on this. The whole reason they were available is because no Republican campaign would hire them, bottom right. line. And that's who, you know, the Libs decided to hand
1: $60 million to just light on fire. The only time they've ever gotten a Republican elected is when they became Democrats. (laughs) That's it. That's it. I mean, these cats, you come by my office and beg for work every two years. Like, like just scumbags, just scumbags. And like John Weaver, I don't know what happened to him. He was a part of the, the front group for a long time. And all of a sudden he disappeared. Who knows what's going on with him? But, but that guy, for like four or five years, got fired from everything he ever did with all kinds of allegations of impropriety. Like, I don't know what's true and what's not. But all That's a guy is-
0: who is always just hustling for cash. The dude just needs to make rent. Like- yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. So you know what, fellas? Congratulations. You've helped elect a Republican Senate. You're going to find out the Democrats, there's no home for you there either. Nope. They're, they're nope. shopping themselves. Here's another reason to tell all your friends about Ruthless to rate us five stars and give us a review because these assholes believe that the Lincoln project is going to become a media company yeah and they have a podcast that competes directly with ruthless so i mean come on guys let's let's just hand these guys the ultimate humiliation
0: <laughs> as if as if election day didn't go bad enough for them you know i hope i hope those folks learned their lesson they grifted some cash hopefully they paid their bills and saved a little bit of money cuz they're going to need it no one's going to be hiring them ever again <laughs> Um. Well, that was a fun little fun little show we had going. Um, we're still waiting on the results of that presidential. Who knows how that's going to turn out? Um, yeah, we may
1: we may do lawsuits. We may, have, we may have some emergency pods coming up just to if there are big developments. Um, and we're going to keep you updated on all this stuff. Again, like we're the only ones that are going to give you the actual real news here.
0: Yeah, and you know this is one thing that really stood out is Trump. Uh, who got the most non-white support of any Republican in 60 years is the world's most unsuccessful racist. It just shows you, you know, the media had this agenda. They were pushing for years and years and years, and they
1: were completely wrong, you know. <laughs> the world's most unsuccessful racist. It's just hysterical. It, you know, every single narrative that the media tried to put on this guy didn't work, right? And, and Trump, look, again, I hope that, this, that he's reelected. I really hope that this path holds and he gets there. Either way, he has taught us some incredibly important lessons. I want to do a full pod on the importance of President Trump. Truly. And, huge. And I think we should do, you know, sometime in the next couple of weeks, regardless of the outcome, I think we should talk about the importance of President Trump to the Republican Party and showing an awful lot of really weak-kneed people how to win. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? That's what this pod is about.
0: That's what Ruthless is about. We're in it to win it. And thanks again for the numbers, folks. We're now on, Josh, you see, I uh, I was looking at some numbers. Our producer was crunching. We are now in the top 5% of podcasts on earth. Yes. So thank you so much to the listeners. Uh, Until next time, keep the faith, hold the line, own the libs. Stay ruthless. We'll see you on Tuesday.